Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. We are sitting here looking at two of our very dear friends. Yes. Who we are going to interview back to back. Yep. But they get to have a sneak peek into each other's episodes. So this is unique. They each get their own episode, but they get to sit beside each other. Yeah. Mother, daughter. Yep. All right. So we are um, introducing this incredible guest who I was trying to remember. 11 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago. Okay. You were a little girl and I got to be your kid's pastor for a short amount of time until you graduated out of my kids kids church room but we want to welcome to the show Michaela Crowey. Thank you so much. Michaela, it's so fun to have you here. I'm so excited. So excited. You just told me that you're 23 and I feel like in my brain, you know how there are just some people who are old souls and they've always seemed older than they are. That's you. So when you said you were 23, I kind of felt like there's no way you're only 23. <laughs> yeah. You That's really a compliment. are. That is a compliment. If yes. someone told me I was an old soul, I'd punch them. <laughs> no, not an old. No, not like I, I didn't say like an old hag. I said an old soul. The word "old" and anything with me in it. I don't want. <laughs> okay, I don't but want you're forty-one, not twenty-three. So there's that. But Michaela, we're so glad to have you here today, and we're excited to chat with you. So um, we obviously know you, Heather, and I know you really well, but our listeners may not. So tell us before we jump in a little bit about who you are. Uh, Well, I am the oldest of all of my siblings. I have four younger brothers and um, I have two wonderful parents. Um, Just, yeah, the way they raised us was, um, it was just really unique, I believe. I think the way that my parents raised us was very purposeful and and so um, just growing up with my brothers was um, a fun time. I was, I was going to a public school for a little while and then I was pulled out and homeschooled and I just really enjoyed that time because I learned how, how to learn Mm -hmm. and I loved how to read. And, um, from there, I kind of took it upon myself to study, um, nutrition and kind of taught myself. I found a program. I went through a program and taught myself health and nutrition. And um, yeah. What age were you when you were, when they started homeschooling you? I was 11 or 12, something like that. What was that shift like for you to go from public school to a home education setting? Uh, It was definitely um, a big shift, I think. But it was an exciting shift in my mind because I was kind of tired of what school was Mm -hmm. and I wanted, I really, I didn't realize I wanted something that different, but like Mm -hmm. stepping into it, I realized, um, I realized the power of what, what being in the home, uh, meant Mm -hmm. and being able to, um, learn at your own pace or, um, love to learn yeah if that makes sense I love that you said that that you learned to love learning Mm -hmm. and I think that's something we've lost in not just schools but 
all of us, even adults, you know, we've lost this desire and this love of learning. And that's one of the things that as I've started to home educate my children, that's something I realized is that I do love to learn. I love to get um, a better understanding of things, to have knowledge. And so how do you think, because you said that that's something that you learned when you came home. How do you think we instill that in our kids, whether we homeschool them or we don't, and then also instill it in ourselves as adults? I think there needs to be a broad variety of topics to pick from first. Mm -hmm. And I think when you figure out uh, what interests you, that you need to step into that and Mm -hmm. and really dive into that. And um, it is a bit of pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and I think it's, it has a lot to do with habits, mm-hmm. honestly, like stepping into it every day instead of just like, I hope that I learned something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. When your mama, we know her, she's been such an advocate for your guys's learning and, yes. you know, reading incredible literature to you and, you know, in, inspiring you to pour into incredible writings and things like that. So I love that so much. Okay, before we go any further, I want to find out, we have a few different questions that we ask all of our guests, and we switch it up a little bit. So for you specifically, today I wanted to find out what is the most fun that you've had recently? I was trying to think about this. Um, So this time um, is just this whole quarantine time, this period of... um, staying at home has been kind of interesting uh one of like the really fun things that I got to do recently was kind of an underground bachelorette party for a friend of mine that got married (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was really fun we all wore masks and we all sat in a basement and just laughed yeah so that's awesome all in preparation yeah you're not gonna forget that one nope never (laughs) that's awesome that's really cool okay so it being in a big family having come from a big family I know what it's like to not have a lot of time to myself (laughs) yeah I can remember being you know a 16 or 17 year old and just having so much to do just to help my family Mm -hmm. get through the day whether it be laundry or cooking or you know helping take care of younger siblings um but one of the things that I realized really early on as a young adult was that I had to get away and have times to refresh just times by myself and I think ours is probably the same thing but I won't spoil yours by giving it away so how do you find ways to refresh what do you do to refresh so I love to be outside um and I really love to go on long walks mm. um either like silent walks and like listening to you know birds chirping or like I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to audiobooks or maybe I will stay home and actually just kind of hole away in my room and read for a <laughs> that's long time. what I thought you were gonna yes. say um, <laughs> <laughs> yes but um I just I love being outside because it, it is really refreshing do you think any of that came from your four brothers I mean they are outdoorsy dudes like they're guys guys I think so I think um 
I think along the way I, I learned like what fresh air does for you, but just also being able to see them playing outside and, and especially my youngest brother, Hank, he just loves, um, to play outside. The other boys like to work Mm. outside, work in the garage, work on their trucks. Um, but Hank plays outside and just that childlikeness, um, that I've seen him as he's grown up. Um, I love that. And I want to cultivate that in my 23 year old self. You do have a fun place to play outside with swings and, uh, forts and all sorts of crazy awesome things <laughs> yeah. at Crowy Nation. Yes, super fun. Um okay, so as you grew up being the only daughter with four boys, what was that like for you? It was it was interesting. Um this isn't necessarily an all the time thing, but there were moments where I felt like like the negative side of being a princess, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you're spoiled. <laughs> kind of thinking but on the other people projected that um, onto you even even some sometimes my brothers would be like but but she gets this and she gets to do that Mm. but it's it's one of those things where you like you look back and you're like oh it's because we're so different you know Mm. but then the other thing um about growing up with brothers was just I think I they helped cultivate a competitive spirit in me Mm -hmm. when we're playing together I just I don't want to be left behind like I want to be like up there with them too I want to be as strong as them I want to be as clever as them um I want to play sports as well as them even though like I never really had the desire on my own yeah um so I think they kind of helped this competitive spirit um awaken in me (laughs) but yeah I love that. I can relate. Heidi can relate to this too, because we also have four brothers. And I often think about growing up with them and I think they really helped me. I won't speak for you, but I think you can probably, you probably can. Um, They helped me learn how to be tough when I needed to be tough, not in an ungirly sort of way, but in a like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I can't handle that, right. you know? And so I really appreciate that, that I grew up with four brothers because it it made me a stronger woman, honestly, yeah. um, both in a feminine sense and in, in, in a sense of being able to handle stuff that, you know, you hear some girls and they're like kind of wussy about it. And you're like, I'm so glad I'm not wussy. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think too, don't you feel like it just helps you being raised with brothers it helps you be prepared to know how to deal with men throughout your life like in general just having that thought process of where they're coming from and their perspective because let's face it it's a very different perspective than our female perspective it really is yeah and like stepping into situations with just girls is um kind of intimidating still there are moments where i'm like I'll just step back and I'll talk to these guys over here. Yeah, because I am familiar with that. Yeah, and uh, it has it has taught me that um, there is a different world. Yes, <laughs> in yeah. in guys and girls. Yeah, it's very different. The toilet seat looks quite different. Oh, when for you grow sure. Up with <laughs> it's never clean. Yeah, so true. So, Michaela, I mean, it's not a secret. I just love you. You know, you've been like my girl for a long time, and you babysat my children and then God took you on a journey around the world and you left us and 
I want to publicly tell you that I forgive you. Oh, thank you. Um, and my children <laughs> still aren't over you. Um, we were driving here today and they literally could not wait to get in the house to hug you. Um, so cause they haven't seen you in a long time cause you live away now. So one thing I respect about you though so much is that you have been so purposeful to pursue God's plan for your life. Even when it's been a little bit unclear, even when it's been like, wait, what, what is this? What is this God? What journey are you taking me on? And for the last couple of years specifically, I've watched you pursue God and respond to his voice and obey. Um, and I've watched you do it with, uh, being single, you know, you are going on these journeys for Jesus without a spouse, without a boyfriend, and you are being so intentional to find purpose in your years as a single woman. So will you talk to us a little bit about what that journey has looked like and why you've been willing to obey God's voice, even when it took you to other countries or other states or pursuing other avenues? I just going back to that whole thought of how I was brought up um, and just how I see my parents, how I view them. Uh, I think they uh, kind of instilled in me uh, just instilled in me Jesus. And so like from a very early age, I don't actually remember when I chose Jesus. You know, I don't have a date in mind. I just know that there was always Jesus. And so growing up, I think I've just from knowing that I think I know of this, this pleasing uh, that I've always desired to please Jesus. Mm. Um, Even if that, I'll be honest, was a little twisted by religion um, in, in how we do, we do, do, do to, to please. Um, even though it, it may have been a little twisted by that at first, just the journey that that has been of, of knowing Jesus and always having him in my life. And so with this idea of pleasing, I wanted to obey, like, no matter what I want, mm-hmm. I wanted to obey. And I was talking to my brother earlier today. Um, and I was thinking back on the first time I ever heard God speak to me. And, um, like I had these feelings before of like what I felt God was wanting me to do. Like it just, it seemed right that I would step in one direction or this direction, or let's go here. But when, um, when I first heard his voice, it kind of, it, it made it real for me, um, that like obedience is, is a real thing. Mm. Like it is, it is not just like, um, some lofty idea that we, we do have to act this out. We have to obey. We have to step into what he is saying. And so, um, yeah, just this this whole desire to please, this mm. desire to obey. And so whenever I would um, feel or hear him say something, I was just, I was going to do it. Yeah, that's really incredible for you to have that ability to understand the importance of obedience and the fact that it is an actual thing. It's mm-hmm. not just something we are supposed to talk about or read about yeah. in God's word. So tell us what that meant um, on your first journey outside of your 
family's home, leaving <laughs> your family's home for an extended period of time the first time? Yeah, the first time um, I uh, received some invitations, wild invitation to move to France and to be a nanny uh, for this um, this family. That It was a missionary family, so mm-hmm. I would essentially be a missionary nanny. And um, so I just... That was the time that I definitely, I had a feeling that this was what I was supposed to do. And so I was like, okay, we're going to do everything on our end that we can do, uh, get a visa or apply for a visa at least, and and just step into this. And so I ended up moving to France for three months, and, and I actually didn't end up getting a visa. It was canceled for really strange reasons, and... Um, and I was like, God, what, what is this? Like, I thought, I thought I was supposed to move to France and, and I didn't get a visa. Um, and so with that in the back of my mind, I knew I could only be there, you know, three months with just a passport. And, and after, after the three months was up, I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And he would, he said to me, like, it was the first time I had heard his voice. Um, he said, go home. Hmm. I was like, wow. Okay. And so I go home, um, thinking that like, this was crazy. My life is all kind of messed up into this bundle of, I don't know what Hmm. it's just so confused, but I feel like wasted time, not wasted time because I knew that I had learned some things over the three months that I was there. Um, just you know, people things like relating with people and, and also just getting to see the world a little bit was amazing. Like, um, yeah, seeing, seeing God in a different country in a different tongue in a different, in a different, um, environment was, was, you know, something to learn, something to, to glean from, but it wasn't, I don't think his purpose, uh, for me to necessarily be a nanny there Mm. you know forever Mm -hmm. or even if it was just a year like however long that I thought it's not what I think he always has a different plan yeah one of the things that impressed me so much about your time there is that you were there with a family who was learning French correct because they were going to a country that spoke French so they were there primarily to learn French and so they went to a church and you went to the church with them yeah. that was all in French. Yes. So that blew my mind hmm. because I feel like so many people here already treat church so haphazardly. Like, oh, I'm yeah. not feeling so great today or uh, the sun is out, so I'm not going to go to church. <laughs> you know, and right. and so they just choose not to go. And here you are choosing to go to a church service that you don't understand anything Hmm. you don't understand the worship songs you don't understand the preaching and yet you go because you know that the holy spirit can work in spite of language differences Mm -hmm. i remember having this conversation with you and like you saying it was really hard but it was so good yeah yeah i just remember taking notes um specific words that i kind of recognized as i was you know um immersed in in French and so I would 
Google Translate everything that I could. And I remember specifically one Sunday, I think I reached out to you and I was like, this is the same message that you guys just preached. Mm -hmm. They're preaching it here at this church. And it was incredible seeing that I think for the first time um, that God is speaking the same thing to his people Mm -hmm. all over the world. Mm. You've been messaging us frequently over the last couple of years going, you are not going to believe this. Y'all are saying the same thing. And mm-hmm. yeah. I love to see that he's speaking to his church as a whole. Yes. You know, and he's not yes. being um, stingy. He's not having yeah. partiality and leaving some out. Like he's given the whole message, isn't he? Amen. Yeah. I also yeah. love that you were a 20-ish year old young woman who didn't just sit by and say, well, I don't really understand this. You said... I don't know this language, but I'm going to work so that I can be a part of what's happening. You know, we we all need to be more like that. We need to say, this doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to participate in what God's doing, even if I don't understand it. Yeah. That's, that's really, it shows your heart for the Lord and it mm-hmm. shows your heart, your work ethic too, to just say like, okay, I got to, I got to dig in. I got to, I got to make sure I'm a part of this. Yeah. For well, sure. And what a great example of not having a consumeristic mentality about church. You know, I would guess the majority of people, if they're not understanding the language, they're not going to go to church, which I love, Heather, you said she knew the Holy Spirit was going to be there. And so where else would you, you know, why would you miss out? Why would you miss out? Yeah. So, and I think it's so cool to know that you could be sitting in a country where you don't speak the language, but the Holy Spirit can still minister directly to you. Yeah. You know, and make it translate into your heart. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your next journey, which is a journey you're still currently in. Yeah. Tell us where you're at right now. So I, I got home from France and um, it was a couple months of, again, picking up more or less nannying jobs uh, throughout the summer and into the fall of that year. Um, just asking God, like, what do you want for me? I had studied nutrition. I had studied, um, you know, health and I, I had ideas, I had dreams of of what I thought that might look like as a counselor or something like that, but I didn't really know how to step into that. And so I was just asking God, what do you want? Mm. And one day I was on a walk and I was hearing him say, you have a story. Like you have a story to tell. And I was like, yeah, I do. And I was thinking of of just amazing stories in in the last year because of France and and even thinking back to my childhood and how how I feel it was it was unique it was different and and I could yeah I could tell that story type of thinking and the next day I I saw a um an application came out for a ministry that I follow and I was I was interested, so I, I watched this video about about the application for this. It's um, an internship at Messenger International, and I was I I have been reading books from from the people uh, that run Messenger. Uh, it's John and Lisa Bevere, and they have some really great, really great material. and And so I just kind of fell in love with them years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I see this in this internship. I was, um, I was just watching this video about the application, uh, for the internship and what it was about. And 
it was about telling stories, hmm. telling people's stories. And in that moment, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to apply for this internship. And I did. And several weeks went by and I get an email and they're like, hey, we'll have you if you'll have us. And <laughs> so uh, just uh, reaching out and um, getting uh, contacts and all of the information, I moved, I think it was like five weeks later, five or six weeks later mm -hmm. uh, to Colorado, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Having... So never like knowing nobody no having no like personal interaction or like someone you knew and loved to stay with like going alone yeah yeah I think I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> like just thinking about it I don't think I really processed my emotions yeah honestly but to look back it was kind of a terrifying thing to to do that but I knew that I was supposed to, so I did it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Did you feel unqualified? Probably somewhere in the back of my mind, I had that thought, but I didn't really want to think about that. Mm -hmm. There have been lots of doubts regarding it. There have been lots of um, thoughts that I've had, like, should I really be here? Should like somebody else be in the, this position? Uh, the position I got was a social media position, and I, I hadn't studied social media. I I didn't know anything really. I knew how to edit videos. Um, they, that's really the only reason I could think like on a physical level of why they would choose me. But I think that is, that is the wrong mentality because yeah. that's not the purpose. That's, it's, it's to cultivate something deeper than just how to function as a social media personnel like yeah. it's it's so much deeper than that yeah. yeah so here you are more than a year later yeah how long has it been now um it's been a year and like three four months something like okay. that so you've you've found a place out there at least in this season and you're you're just learning so much you're growing so much tell us some of the things that you feel like you've grown in and that you've learned because I know you've learned a lot <laughs> One of the things that they tell you when you uh, become an intern um, is that it's a miracle grow season. And like you'll be planted into this this garden of all like the other interns, but it's it's miracle grow. Like it's a fire hose. It's it really is so much. Um, and I was thinking today, like, what have I learned? <laughs> you know, just all of the things like I. I, all of this, all of the things I couldn't just like focus on one. But if I had to pick one that I've, I've recently, I've recently grown in, I've recently learned, I think something that God has been showing me in this last season has been how much, um, how much I need to trust him hmm. no matter what, even if it looks really crazy. Um, he wants trust. Um, a good friend of mine had recently said, uh, we probably shouldn't be praying for clarity. We all, you know, we want to know what we're doing. Like, God, uh, give me, give me the path. Show me what I'm supposed to do with my life. But I think the more, the most important 
thing that you could do is actually learn to trust him. Even when there's no clarity, right? Even when yeah. you can't see your next step. Yeah. Yeah. I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have observed based on conversations with you in the last year that it seems like you are learning how to recognize how God specifically speaks to you and how that translates into other people's lives. For instance, um, I know that God pretty frequently gives you like a word of encouragement for someone else. Yeah. What's that looked like for you? And has that, has that been scary or what has that felt like? It's been strange because it's not something that I grew up with. And so it, it is, it, I'm learning it now. Yeah. Like I'm learning how to share things with people like that now. Um, yeah, God, God speaks to me in lots of different ways. Um, and it's different in seasons, like it changes with seasons. And, uh, one of the, the ways that I've, I've been experiencing him speaking to me is like, I'll see words over people. Hmm. Um, and at first it was, it was very intimidating to be like, Oh, I'm supposed to tell this person that. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to, to tell them that, I don't know, like an example is I saw an oak tree (laughs) over, over this one guy at a church that I had visited and and I was like, I'm supposed to tell him that he's an oak tree because <laughs> God has called him an oak tree. <laughs> and um, it was just it was interesting. Uh, but the the reception that um, that that guy had was, you know, it was good. And even recently, like I knew and it wasn't scary necessarily, but I was having a conversation with my family, you know, visiting home and, and getting to talk with my mom and dad. Like I saw, I saw a word over my dad and like, oh, well, I can't be scared to say it to my dad. He's my dad. Yeah. So I had to tell him and, mm. and it is part of revealing other people's identities. And I feel like that's so, um, buried in people Mm -hmm. like yes we've been talking about identity for a while like who we are in Christ but there are there are so many facets to who we are individually that need to come out um there there was a prophetic word about coming out of hiding recently Mm -hmm. and um I believe that that coming out of hiding looks like people stepping up and in my in my case in my situation like telling people who they are mm-hmm. telling people who god says they are um otherwise they wouldn't hear it yeah. necessarily did it surprise you that god is using you as a prophetic voice yeah is that something you asked for it's not um not originally i've asked for more mm-hmm but it's not something that thinking back i i do remember a moment where i had blurted out um i didn't know where this came from but i blurted out i want to be like joseph and like daniel hmm. and just the prophetic that comes from reading and studying their stories hmm. is incredible and i didn't really know what what I meant when I said that. (laughs) I think it's only the Holy Spirit, you know, like that could have revealed something like that in me. 
um, to blurt out like that. And from then I was like, okay, what does that mean, God? And so just stepping into that, leaning into that, um, it started coming. Yeah. Um, even though I hadn't necessarily asked for it. Um, what I love about you and your prophetic voice is that you are not someone that is going to force your voice to be heard. Mm -hmm. You're not someone who is, uh, you know, standing on this platform shouting, like, look at me. Hey, everybody, I have something to say. You're never going to force yourself. I mean, I've been around church people and prophetic people for a long time. And there's a difference. There's a difference between people who are like, I'm prophetic and I have a word for you. And let me just make sure that you understand that (laughs) this is coming from me through God. And, you know, you're kind of like, wow, okay, that's like, you're a lot, you know, and you're the opposite of that. You're this gentle, um, slow to speak in the best sense of that phrase, Mm -hmm. because you've listened, you've heard, you've listened, you've processed and then you share, yeah. but you do it with so much boldness and it's not a forcefulness, but it's a boldness that could really truly only come from the Holy Spirit because I would say that it's outside of your um, natural um, demeanor, if you will, yeah. mm-hmm. to be this person that's like, okay, I'm going to go tell that guy over there that he's an oak tree, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that takes a lot of boldness. And I just, I love that the Holy Spirit does that. He says, hey, I'm going to use you in this way that is going to surprise you and surprise the people around you mm-hmm. because that's the plan I have for you. And that's how I created you. Yeah. I had a friend ask me recently, she said, how do we, you know, there's a lot of talk right now about like the prophetic and people that are prophets and people that aren't prophets. And she said, how do you know if someone is trying to come off as prophetic, but they're really not? And I said, well, a true prophet of God is confident and humble at the same time. Never arrogant. I said, so usually if there's arrogance, it's a really strong sign that they are probably trying to fit a role that they're not gifted for right now. And as we're talking about this, I think, I mean, you absolutely have both of those. You are very confident, but you're also very humble. And I believe that's why God has chosen to make you a prophetic voice is because of those characteristics that I feel have to go along with a prophet in order that he can speak a word to you and trust that you will make it about him and not about you. Um, cause that's so important. So, and I know yeah. you've shared with me like some words you've had to give to people that you could have been too intimidated to give it to, you know, someone that was well known or someone that you're like, Oh my gosh, they're so much more mature in this area than me or so much farther ahead in ministry. And yet you, I remember you saying on the phone, you said, I had to decide, am I going to obey or not? And you obeyed. So I just think it's really incredible the journey God's taking you on. We've um, talked quite a bit about the prophetic on this show, and we've had some people ask us for more of it. Like, what does this look like? And I think you're such a great example of really what it looks like is obedience. And also, though, you put the time in with Jesus, and that's why he's choosing you. Because you, you don't just pretend to know Jesus And you don't just put it on as a label when it makes you look good or look spiritual. You actually are walking it out. And I believe looking in to your life, I believe that's why he's chosen you as a prophetic voice. So super proud of you. Thank you. All right. Let's take a little turn here. Let's talk about singleness because you're single and you're in this season of um, 
just not knowing exactly what God has for you in terms of a relationship. You desire to be married, to have, you know, a spouse. So um, where are you at with that right now? Because I know it's been a journey. Yeah, it has been. Um, I've heard God speak to me about, you know, about my future husband. I've I've heard him tell me, um, you know, who he, who he is going to be, you know, um, and, and in that I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what that meant, um, when I first heard him speak of it. And ever since then, just leaning into it, um, I realized that it had to be this, this daily process of getting to know Jesus, um, and getting to know, you know, who I am more than anything, um, to realize, um, honestly how to have a relationship. Um, I've never really been the dating kind. Like I've always kind of, well, originally shied away from it. I think, um, maybe too much knowledge is, is, you know, not necessarily a good thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I had this, this, mentality of like I don't really want to date um and so from that uh hearing God tell me about my future husband hearing um what that could be I just really wanted to lean in um and make sure that I had a good foundation Mm -hmm. uh with my savior with my lover I think God has taken me through different seasons of of who Jesus is um, and who, who I know him to be. And, you know, he's a friend. Um, he's a counselor, he's a healer, but he's also a lover. And, um, he's shown me some things, uh, recently about, about what the bride is. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? So I heard him tell me one day that I'm, I'm the bride Mm. and we all are, we all, as Christ followers, represent the bride. But he is intimate, and he calls me his bride. Um, Just, you know, between us, like, it's just a thing. And he will speak to me. um, He'll bring psalms to mind. He'll bring Song of Solomon, um, verses from Song of Solomon to mind. And it's very intimate. It's very loving and gentle, um, in, in this season of teaching me what a bride is, Mm -hmm. um, even though I really have no context of what that means. I've never experienced being a bride, being a wife, being a mother. Like I've never experienced the relationship between a man and a woman, except for what I've seen, Mm -hmm. but getting to know, um, getting to know, getting to know the Holy Spirit on, on a very um, intimate level instead of just um, like he's the savior of the world mm. type of level. Like, yeah. So have you had to, have you had to kind of at times mind over matter that even though it's so deeply personal to you, knowing like, hey, God's spoken of this is who your husband will be. These are the characteristics he will have. Have there been other times where you've thought, man, but there would be other options around that maybe don't quite fit the bill. Has that been a temptation at all? 
I've had thoughts, um, like just meeting really great guys, honestly. Like I have had so many opportunities to make great friends uh, with different guys that I've met. And and every time I have this this feeling like God knows better. God knows better. And he told me one day, he's like, this is good, but I have better. Yeah. And so just leaning on that, um, it has been hard, but it's been, it's been worth it. So going back to what you were talking about with intimacy of Jesus and Jesus being your lover, I mean, that is something people don't talk about a lot. No. Because it's kind of uncomfortable for people. Yeah. It's it's pretty easy to talk about God the Father that comes with its own complications, but Jesus the Son, Savior of the world, light mm-hmm. of the world, those are all fairly easy things to talk about. When you start talking about Jesus, lover of my soul, like people get squirmy. Yeah. Even Christians, yeah. especially Christians. Yeah. 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 Um, and just I have to say two things. Your husband is future husband is one very lucky man and he has a lot to live up to if he has to live up to Jesus. <laughs> but I love that you're having this conversation cuz this is what will prepare you, yeah, to be a bride here mm-hmm. on earth in a relationship that will be unshakable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have experienced what it looks like to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. And marriage can be tricky. Marriage can be hard. But if you know who you are, know that Jesus first is the lover of your soul, it translates into your earthly marriage right. in an yeah. incredible way. So in all of your ordinary moments too. Yeah. You know, every yes. single day where you're making decisions on if you're going to be annoyed at him that day for the thing he's done 20 times that you've asked him not to do, like it translates into everything, you know, and it doesn't make you perfect, but it definitely makes you much of a long suffering, grace giving mercy, uh, you know, being clothed in mercy in even your ordinary moments of life where you could tend to be human instead of Christ-like. So, so if you're going to write a book, write about that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't think we talk about it enough. And I think it would prepare us as young people, our world. Um, People would be so much more prepared for earthly marriage if they got that concept figured out first. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Okay. So what encouragement would you give other... So I could hear some of our single listeners thinking, wow, I am so far behind her. I have no idea how to even get there. You know, at 23 years old, to already have this kind of spiritual maturity, this kind of focus, um, what encouragement would you give the guys and the girls listening that are in a season of singleness that do want to be married, but also want God's best? Practically, what does that look like? So I would say in marriage or out of marriage, no matter who you are, you you really do need to take the time to get to know scripture, to get to know your Bible, to get to know um, the things that God says, get to know his word, um, because that is what develops the intimacy. Yeah. And and that's where you learn uh, about this lover and not just, not just friend, not just savior, but lover too. 
Um, can you tell us what that looked like for you? And I know what your routine was when you lived here, but what does that look like for you? Uh, I, I'm an early riser, <laughs> so I, I love getting up and watching the sunrise and, um, drinking coffee and reading my Bible. <laughs> like, I don't know. And you would do that every typical. day, right? Every day. Like I would feel strange if I didn't, I would feel like I missed something. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't like that feeling of missing out, like a little bit of FOMO, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a priority. It, it was. It, it definitely became priority. And so I just, I just do it even, yeah. even when I don't feel like getting up, yeah. um, even when I don't feel like doing that first thing or um, I, I do it anyways. Um, and I know that even if I don't get anything out of it, then he will probably remind me later on that day or later on that week of something that was said of mm-hmm. something that he told me that I wrote down and I didn't know what it meant. Just giving time, like God loves it when he gives us his, gives us our time yeah. because it's not ours to begin with. Yeah. And so when we give that back to him, and honestly, it doesn't have to be first thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be last thing. It could be any time of the day that mm-hmm. you're just, you're taking time. You're saying, hey, I want Jesus, yeah. you know? Um, and from that, um, like, people will say, like, memorize scripture, memorize this. And I've... I've struggled with even memorizing, um, especially like passage and like reference, yeah. like the words and the verse, like <laughs> it's too, too hard. much. Just, I will, I will quote the words to you because that's poetic and that's beautiful. You don't need to know where it is. Uh, but There's Google for that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Google is wonderful. <laughs> Uh, but I think that uh, um, people are afraid that they they won't have um, the mental capacity to remember or the the capacity to retain all of this or remember or um, know. I think there's a fear of like knowing, and and actually something God said to me today was, "I am the creator of the capacity of the container." Hmm. And it's true. Like, he's the one who created you. He's the one who's giving you the capacity to remember the things that he wants you to remember. So it's really good. Yeah. yeah. And so then it takes away the insecurity of, yeah. I've got to be a walking spiritual encyclopedia. Right. To know, like, he's going to recall what you need when you need it. Exactly. That's there are so good. Things that, I mean, you send out questions to prepare and, like, I forgot, like, everything that I, except for what he said. Yeah. I was like, okay, I have to say that. But, you know, yeah. it's it's what it's what he wants you to say is what he will remind you of. And, That's so good. Thank you for sharing your heart with yeah. all of us and with our listeners. I know people will, will be captivated by you and just your – your gentle and sweet presence. And, and we know, cause we know you so well, that that truly comes from Jesus within you and your closeness with him. Yeah. And it comes out in a really beautiful way. So we're glad you're home for just a little bit. Yes. <laughs> we love you. We're proud of you. Thank you. And we are cheering you on because <laughs> we know some of the plans that God has for you too. And we believe in you big time. 
All right, friends. Well, we know that something Michaela has said has encouraged you. Um, I just think it's great to Heather get to share people's stories that, you know, I don't, Michaela, have you ever done a podcast before to tell your story? Never. No. So, you know, someone that's never podcasted, but getting to put their story out on the airwaves so that someone else can be encouraged by them. And, um, so I'd love to, I love that we can share that there are, there's not just one way to live. Yes. There's not just one way to be a 23 year old single girl. Yes. You know, there's lots of ways. And so like, let's talk about those Mm -hmm. things. Don't look at the world and say, I have to do it X, Y, and Z and that equals success. Like God has this plan for each one of us that can look vastly different than the person to your left or the person to your right. And Mm -hmm. so the beauty of us being able to share people's stories on here is to help someone else go, oh, okay, I don't feel so alone. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm also a single young woman or a single man who, you know, Jesus is the lover of my soul and I'm not the only one. Or for someone else to go, I want to get there. Right. That's that's my goal. So I love that we can share different perspectives. Yeah, I do too. So message, if you have questions for Michaela, I'm sure she would be willing to answer them for you, specifically on um, the topic she's spoken on to today. Um, and also you can message us. We are on Instagram at the H&H Hour. You can email us. We are at the H&H Hour at gmail.com. And Heather and I are always willing to pray for you. We believe mm-hmm. strongly in the power of prayer, and we actually do pray when you send us your requests. We do. So, um, Just this last weekend, I messaged Michaela on Saturday and said, Hey, the Lord just told me to message you and ask for you to pray about this certain thing. And she responded back right away and said, yes, I'll, I'm praying. Yeah. And then within just, I don't know, a few hours or maybe the next day, she responded with some things that she had heard the Lord say mm, yeah. about the prayers that she had prayed, what she was praying specifically yeah. over this thing that I'd ask her to pray about. And so I think yeah. it's so important that we we use each other. Yep. You know, Heidi, we mm-hmm. say that. Like, we'll pray for you. We yeah. actually will pray for you. Right. But you have to reach out and ask. You yeah. have to have the boldness to say, we had a listener email us mm-hmm. um, just a few weeks ago and um, share kind of some of the struggles that they're going through and just some questions. And we love to hear that. We love to hear from you so mm-hmm. that we can run alongside you in this and, yeah. and lift you up in prayer. So thanks so much for listening. We will... Um, Look forward to hearing all your wonderful comments about Michaela. (laughs) And we're so glad that you joined us today. Thanks so much. We'll chat with you next time.